0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here at Aisha Torah in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. We are on the third candle of Hanukkah and uh, really exciting times. And today we're going to understand a little bit of Kabbalistic secrets about. About the Hebrew alphabet. That's that's important, and uh, we'll we'll pull off some of that, and then uh, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Okay, so what we want to see first is just that when you have a baseline and the top of the line, you have the baseline, the top of the line. So the top of the line is about top of the line is about the spiritual, and the bottom is about the uh, physical. So Hebrew letters are actually pictorials. When you're looking at letters, you're looking at pictorials of things. For example, a yud is, is a pure idea. The yud is just a pure idea. It doesn't, have, uh, doesn't even hit the ground. So that would be like if you had the idea of having uh, dairy, you felt like dairy. So that would just be a pure idea. It doesn't, there's nothing happening with that. Idea, but your mind might start working it out. Now that yud is called chokma. When you try to work out that idea and figure out what kind of dairy you want, so there's a lot of options. There's you know yogurt, there's milk, there's cheese, there's cappuccino, there's there's a pizza, there's a lot of t- kinds of dairy food, lasagna, you know the cottage cheese. There's a lot of options there. Now, just I always give a little health note uh, during my classes. Yesterday was about. Being in good shape, today's one will be about your body sends you messages for f- cravings based on the needs of the body. But because you've been brainwashed by society, you think of foods that aren't necessarily the best way to get that particular nutrient. Because you've been taught by society that, well, dairy means ice cream or dairy means milk. But actually, what's more likely is your body's craving calcium. You know, they found, they found kids in the inner cities of America when they used to put lead in the paint, they found kids, inner-city kids, sucking on like co- the corners of the walls of their house in in, in impoverished areas, because the kids are, are nutrient deficient, and so they're trying to get minerals out of the out of the wall. Now, of course, lead is poisonous. You're not even allowed to put lead in paint anymore, but in those days, you were, and the ki- they would find the kids sucking on the walls. So our cravings will find you'll you'll literally find your way to like suck on a ice cream or something or a candy bar or something just because you need a certain thing but but it's society that tells you what the thing is and don't fall into that because your your body is a, a machine and it needs a proper fuel so so if for example dairy is what you're after it's likely that you're interested in calcium and calcium is best assimilated actually through one of its highest forms which is sesame seeds And therefore, if you go buy a jar of tahina, I'm not talking about the stuff that shows up on Shabbos tables. I'm talking about the big, thick, organic tahina and just stuff your spoon in there and pull it out and pop it on your tongue, which is really amazing. Um, I'm talking like organic, whole-grain tahina. It's just ground sesame. You'll get more calcium out of that than a whole carton of milk because the carton of milk has in it uh, another thing called casein. And casein... Um, c- causes the calcium not to break down properly in your body. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to this class? Okay. So, anyway, but anything you anything you crave is it may very well be um, that you that you're looking for something else instead of that. Can someone just grab this? It could be you're actually. Can you take this chair back? This next to. Yeah. Okay. Now. So the yud is just a thought. The hay, there's a seat right here in the women's section. Sorry, I have to walk through everyone. Be careful, of my cable, please. So the the hay of God's name is the hay of God's name is is when you figure things out, and that's called bina. Now, all you ladies who think you have bina, you say right, you're wrong. Okay, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, Bini Yaseyir. But, but what they mean by Bini sayer in this particular case has nothing to do with Kabbalah, which is Bina. The word Bina has nothing to do with you. Okay? In fact, you're all probably a lot more towards the Yud than you are towards the Hay. On average, females are going to be more likely going to be more uh, Yud thinkers than Hay thinkers. And uh, so, but what it means, by the way, when you hear the words Bini sayer, what it means is intuition. We use that as a term to mean intuition. And women's intuition is super strong. And it's much stronger than men's. They're instinctually more connected in general. And that, that intuition is part of the instincts of all species. All species have certain intuition of, about them. And women's intuition is stronger than men. And that's, that's a good thing if you want to get married. Because your intuition is going to be like, like binging away. It's going to be like saying ding, 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 ding on the meter about some guy. And, uh, and a guy, he also has instincts, but it's not going to be the same kind of experience. While the woman's feeling really excited about the guy, the guy's going to be feeling tremendous fear. And that's his instinct. Because if a guy's excited about a girl, he needs a cold shower. A guy should feel afraid when he, th- if, he if, his, if this could be the one that he's going to be taking care of the rest of his life, the feeling should be fear, not excitement should be a feeling of fear. And if he's got that feeling of fear around that girl, and she's got the feeling of excitement around him, so her excitement, his fear, means you've got to match. And so it, it's not that men don't have intuition. It's just not the... It's a weird intuition. It's an instinct of fear. And, uh, and here's another scary thought for the women, and you're going to think this is just the most misogynist thing you've ever heard. But, but that that fear that men have after the l'chaim, you know, after the engagement l'chaim, he goes to bed that night looking up at the ceiling, you know, like this. And all of a sudden this thought comes into his head that says you just made the biggest mistake you have ever made in your life, you are an idiot. And, and that's why women, once you're engaged, you wanna stay the hell away from that guy. Stay away from him, because every little thing you did that he thought was cute now gets on his nerves. Because when he's saying maybe she's the one, maybe she's the one, maybe she's the one, well that kind of emotion of maybe she's the one means that everything you do is magic. Every little thing she does is magic. Everything she does just turn me on. Yeah. So everything you do is magic. But but if the but if the context of his brain is you just made the worst decision you've ever made in your life, like you just made this massive mistake. And now you're just you just can't stop hanging around him. Well well if it's in the context of you just made the worst mistake of your life, now every little thing you do is proof that he blew it. And therefore, stay away from the guy. Just stay away from him. Like, see him on the wedding day. You know, just stay away. Like, like, give him, like, you should have, like, visiting rights once in a blue moon. But otherwise, like, just stay away from him. Don't go near the guy. And just the further you stay away, the more likely things are going to go well. The more time you spend with him, the more likely he's just going to freak and jump off a bridge or something. So, so yeah, just steer clear of him. And... and um, and then uh, just, I, I'll finish this because this is totally parenthetical, um, as usual. Let me make a bracham. Now that voice in the man's head gets louder and louder and louder and louder until the wedding day. So don't think it's like a better time to see him later. It's getting worse. And the voice is getting stronger. And so you want to you want to avoid him. The more time goes on, the more you want to be avoiding him. And and then uh, and then from the wedding day on, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter over the next 50 years. You better hope your kids look like him. Now, the the uh, and therefore, a man a woman has to be on her best behavior after she's married, on her best behavior throughout the marriage. And I'm not gonna I'm not saying you're not gonna attack him, you know you will attack, and that's okay because if he's a man who knows anything, he knows. You know, like, this is part of it. Relax. Just breathe. And, uh, but, but you, wanna, you definitely want to be on best behavior once you're married because the, the voice hasn't gone away just because there's a ring on your finger. And therefore you want to be like a really, really good wife. And really careful. Really careful. And don't worry, if you think I'm just giving you girls a rough time, you should hear what I say to men when I'm, when I got just a men's group, I I rake them across the coals. I'm just this <laughs> this is just a word tool to the wise to a wise woman, and uh, I, my wife my wife not only serves me a different dinner than my family gets often, often meaning everyone gets whatever they're getting and then I get my meal and believe me I, I never wanted that because food is not love to me food's love to my wife. Uh, other things to me are what I call expression of love, whereas she, for my wife, food is love. And so, and so uh, there's a special meal coming on special plates, silver, and uh, it's going to be nice each night. And, and not only that, she changes before I get home. She actually changes before I get to the house. And if she's upset, she would never express that until after I've eaten, because a hungry man is an angry man. Now, if everything I was saying is true, if it were all true, are you happy I said it or should I just never say any of this again? Raise your hand if I'm happy, If you're happy I said it as advice for when you get married. I'm only really counting the women right now. Raise your hand. Seriously, I want to see because I'll never say this again if necessary. Raise your hand if I'm happy I said all that stuff. Okay? And raise your hand if like, I should just keep that to myself from now on and just let girls follow. <laughs> let girls... And just let girls' weddings end in, like, absolute disasters, you know? <laughs> okay. So, anyway, you want to be really careful because the, the divorce rate's huge, and the way to stay out of trouble is to follow ancient principles, old stuff. Yeah? You want to be as progressive as nanotechnology, but you want to be as ancient in the world when it comes to things like relationship. There you want to go all the way back to the beginning. And read the stories of the ancients, how to be married and how that how that should go. And then you're more likely to succeed. It will increase your chances tremendously. Okay, so the yud is just the idea. Now, here we go. A hay is to you know break down the idea. You know, which kind of dairy do I want? But then there's a vov. And the vov is just a yud. You every Hebrew letter, by the way, begins with a yud because you you can't get anywhere without first a thought. So every letter, when a scribe writes a Hebrew letter, he always starts with the yud at the top because everything begins with a thought. You, you you can't do anything. You're only in this room right now because you had a thought. Maybe you wanted to come to this class. Now you're probably sorry, but the at least this one. But no. then, uh, you're still happy, okay? So um, she was one who voted that I shouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> anyway, the um, the the yud is the thought that got you in this room. The Yud is the thought that got you to Israel. The Yud is the thought that got your parents to to get married. The Yud is the thought that that is how you're here today. You're only here today from that thought. Um, Ladies, you need a table for two? No problem. Oh, you have an extra seat there? Oh, amazing. And maybe if you slide all the chairs together, you guys can make it like a bench. Just kind of, yeah, just keep... Slide those all together real tight. Oh, they don't go tight? Sorry, never mind. Oh, wait, there's a seat right there. Whose seat is that? Oh, perfect. No one, please sit down. She won the no one award. You know? <laughs> who was in my classes last week? Like That would be the, the, the happiest people in the world are people who are no one. You know why? Because if you're no one, you can be... Everyone. Everywhere. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else said everyone. No, not exactly, Anywhere. but uh, but you can be. Go ahead, Akiva. Anyone. That's right. If you're no one, you can be anyone, and that's amazing because now you're Gumby, you know, and you can just, you know, you're just a little green ball of clay, and and like you can shape shift your way in the most amazing ways through life. Because how many of us are like, oh, I don't do that. Oh, I, I don't do that. And I, don't do that, and I don't go there, and I would be uncomfortable yeah. over there, and I, you know. So who are you in the end? You're everything you don't do. <laughs> You're all that's left of you. You know, it's kind of like uh, you know putting something through a slicer or something that makes certain shapes, or like a piping bag, you know, where they ice cakes with. Now, well, my daughters have these like tool chests of shapes. You know, you know who you are. You're all that's left, <laughs> all the left of all the things you don't do. You know which. Which ain't much, you know. There's not much left of you, you know. After you c- hold your back, hold yourself back from everything you, every possibility that was out there. You're know, like so sad, and you know God's gonna show us all. The, you know the stuff that gets scraped out. That's all that's left is what lines up on the cake. I think when we die, we're gonna meet all the pieces that got scraped out, and God's just like, "What is all this stuff?" And you're like. You'd be like, ah, I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid of failure. And God's like, that's nice. So a yud is just above. Yud is just above. I'm sorry, above is just a, a yud I'm implemented. Implementation. Yud is above implemented. And now, just a little uh, financial advice for everybody. Raise your hand if you're a creative, or raise your hand if you're an um, administrative. Creative versus administrative, or creative versus, uh, and there's people who are the creative types, and then there's people who are good at, like, getting things done. Okay, raise your hand for the creatives. Raise your hands for getting things done. Uh, it's usually more, more, usually it's half and half. This time it was a little more creatives than that, than that. whatever. But it, it's almost always half and half. Well, guess what? If we all got together, we could all make a lot of money. Yeah, can make a living. But what happens instead is all the people are good at getting stuff done. They're like, oh man, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. And all the creatives are like, how am I going to get my creativity into the world? And And then everyone's just broke. So I'm a creative, and I've spent the last, I'd say I've had someone managing me now for the last 12 years. I'm now in my third manager. I was good to each one. It wasn't that I was just mowing through managers, three managers in 12 years. But, but the, I can tell you for sure that my career only started once I was managed. Once I was managed. So, so, you, so all the creatives hire managers. Now, of course, you're saying like, I ain't got no dough to hire no manager. Well, guess what? You hire a manager. Here's the, I mean, you guys, some of you have heard me say this a million times, but I'm going to say it again, is that you, you borrow $12,000 from the bank. Banks don't even ask you what you own when you ask for $12,000. They just hand it to you. Okay, They just hand it to you. Borrow $12,000 from the bank. Then hire, or first hire the person, and then go get the $12,000. <laughs> Why start paying interest? You know? So hire somebody who's a get-the-job-done person and uh, an a implementer. We'll call them implementers. Hire an implementer at $2,000 a month for half a year. And, and you can get any great person who's just out of school, they'll be more than happy to make two grand a month in Israel, starting your salary, 8,000 shekels a month, you know, 7,500, they're going to be real happy with that. And, and you hand them every month $2,000 to implement your creativity. And here's my promise, you ready for this? Having a few people have taken me up on this, and they yeah. did even better than I'm promising. They did—they outdid the promise. My promise is that not only will you have paid this person's life in Israel, your own—you li- will have made more, and you'll have paid back the bank within six months. So the bank's paid off. You've got now a full-time worker whose life you're supporting, and through your creativity, and you yourself are making more than than the bank and the person, and you live happily ever after. Now, all the people who are implementers, find a creative. Find a creative person that you get what they do, you like what they do. I myself am hiring soon because I'm starting a club. and starting a $10 a month club to be in my club. Who wants to be in my club for 10 bucks a month? I want to be in $10 a month club, and you're in my club. And you know what you get by being in my club? Nothing. Nothing. You get nothing. But what, what I'm going to do is start hiring more social media people and website developers and stuff like that with the money. And then, uh, because, because the feedback I'm getting from this class is like crazy feedback. Like, people keep saying, I've, been, I've watched your classes since March or whatever, and it's completely transformed my life. I'm like, what did I say? Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea what I said. But I, and I really want to meet the person. So I'm like, I can't wait to find out what exactly I said. That made such a big difference. But apparently I make a difference for people. And, or I'm a mouthpiece for Hashem to make a difference. And so 10 bucks a month is just to be in there. We need a name for the club, though. Uh, It needs a good name. Um, I already made a club once. Maybe we should stick with that. It's called Got Your Back Club. Ah, (sighs) we'll have the network get each other's backs. What about Young Glazers, Metaphysical Gumbies? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so the Vovs are the implementers. Vovs implement things. And then there's, so it's just that idea, it's the Yud, and then it's the Vav is to implement that idea. But then there's another letter, and this one's the dangerous one. This is the one that has to do with this holiday, which is called, oops, forgot our Yud. So we got the Yud, and then we got the Vav, and then we got the... The final nun, and this is the danger of life, because if this is the physical world, what's down here? What's this area down here? Death. Mm, connected maybe. I can a loose connection. I hate to tell anyone they're wrong. Okay. Oh, what's down there? Hell. What? Hell. Hell. <laughs> also, a great guess. Darkness. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> if, if this is called the side of light what would this be called the side the of dark. yeah the dark side this is the dark side this is the world of evil which is called in Hebrew the extremities and this is why for example the, the sleep which is 160 of, of death we wash the extremities called negel vaser washing of the nails negel is, is nails in Yiddish negel vaser, vaser is water nail water and when we cut our nails, we have to wash again. And then when we, when we're going to do something high, like the blessing after a meal, that's super high. So the dark side doesn't want to let us do that. So we, so we wash our, again, we wash our fingertips, the extremities, we give the extremity, oh, you want your little ceremony? Here's your ceremony, enjoy it. And we pour a little water on our fingertips and then we bench because the dark side's like, you know, it's like throwing a dog a bone when you're a burglar. You know, throw the dog a bone. That's the dark side, which is the extremities. It's the furthest from the light. So the final noon is the furthest from the light. That's the dark side. And the dark side comes easily to all of us. I know you guys probably think you're like a good person and everything. Well, you're not. No, we are. Just kidding. (laughs) You are good, but you also have bad inside you. You have both, and that's fine. And that's a really good thing. And if you recognize that, maybe we can start to trust you. It's people who think they're all good that get scary, and you got to watch out for those people. And they're hiding all over the place. They're hiding in the liberal left. They're dangerous. And they think they could never hurt nobody. And then they're hiding also in the in the Haredi right. They tend to go towards the extremities. The Haredi right gets so the black black attitude Haredi community. They tend to get. Basically, the more extreme you are in any particular path, the more it seems, it's not always, but it seems to be directly correlated with you thinking you're like suddenly this righteous person, which means you don't have the evil. And the second you don't have the evil, that means you don't have a chance to prevent it from just kind of hemorrhaging. Because evil can hemorrhage out of you without a lot of warning. And, and you don't have much muscles for, for evil hemorrhage. For evil's hemorrhage. It can come when you least expect it. And it often comes in the in the form of political and social movements. Where evil comes in real quick, like a big wave, and you gotta kind of make some quick decisions, and you better have some muscles to stand up to that. Which means it's better to understand yourself as light and dark. It's better to understand that you got a really powerful side towards God, but you also got a side of evil inside of you, within you. You have evil in there, and by being real balanced in hashgufa, taking a balanced hashgufa, you have much more of a chance of, of being a good citizen in this world. Spending your time down here in a good place, and if all hell hits, you know, if, if it if it really hits the fan bad, God forbid it shouldn't, but if it did, you would be you would be on the right side of the fence because you've been flexing your muscles against that evil side. So, we all have this ability. For example, um, we've got uh, cell phones, smartphones. Good idea? Amazing idea. Um, were they able to implement that idea and actually create little mini powerful computers hand, hand size? Yes. Yes? yes. How much dark sides come out of the cell phone? A lot. A ton. To this day, number one internet use is pornography number one internet use on smartphones is pornography to this day meaning meaning I understand when it came out people are like you know really excited about that you know but uh, but it stayed in the highest numbers still it's still winning those sites are winning everything winning CNN Fox you know Netflix it's still winning so there's a lot of dark side and and in that technology so it's an amazing thing. And and they were even able to pull it off. But boom, it goes right down there. It goes south quick. How about making money and feeding a family? Good thing? Yeah? And and can we implement such a thing to take place? For sure. But if no one notices, could we also, you know, lie, cheat, steal, bribe, hide things? And then we're back to the dark side again. So it really shows up everywhere. Um, Clean energy, which they thought was nuclear energy, yeah, and what if, we, what if we could split an atom and like create enough power for a city? Good idea? Yes. Good idea. Were they able to implement that? Yes. Yeah, and then they, what do they do? They attach it to the head of a missile from back in the dark side with the atom bomb. So this is going on in all of our lives, in all of our lives. And, you know, like I, I love riding my mountain bike more than most things. And uh, and, uh, meaning in the physical world, riding my mountain bike is amongst my favorite things. Now, riding my surfboard is also amongst my favorite things. And I have this strange thing with Murphy's Law that every time I visit my parents on the cliffs of Malibu, when Shabbos hits, there are waves. But when it's like, let's say I get like four or five days there. So it's like Thursday, there was no waves. Friday, I'm no waves, but I see it's starting to. We're starting to get a bit of a pulse. Saturday morning, I wake up to go to shul. I look over the coast, and it's just like the whole coast has turned corduroy, with like six to eight foot waves coming in. And I check the forecast. I'm like, wow. And then it's and you know in the newspaper, and it says that tomorrow it's back to being flat. So, surfing's really a nice idea. I'm really good at implementing it. But surfing on the Shabbos is the dark side. So, everything has this potential fall. Everything has it. Now, what word is on the board? Yavan. The word on the board is Greece. I've written the word Greece on the board. Because the word in Greece is Yavan. Yavan. Now, who was the greatest in Western civilization? Who had the biggest impact in philosophy and thought? Government, form of government, the Greeks. The Greeks were as good as it gets in history. Now, pre-Industrial Revolution, who was the greatest as, at implementation? Uh, like, meaning actually in, you know, like building things and like creating civilization. Who was number one before the Industrial Revolution? The Romans. The Greeks. The Greeks, it could be they've stood on their shoulders and did more. But the Greeks were extremely, extremely impressive in what they did. And uh, anyone here been to Athens? We've been to Athens. Me and these two dudes. Yeah, pretty impressive. You weren't that impressed? No, wasn't. Israel can sometimes be more impressive, in my opinion. I was going to say another country, but I won't. You can say another country. I'd say, uh, Iran was pretty impressive when I went. Really? Yeah, you went to Iran? Uh, two months ago. What? Yeah. You're gonna tell us that story later. <laughs> anyway, Greeks and there's uh, that's standing room only over there for the three of you guys over there. Sorry, it's all right. We only have like uh, no, another few minutes. Just get a sound bite. So, Greeks, excellent at ideas. Excellent implementation, but right down into the dark, into the dark side. And I'm not going to go into the Greek dark side, but there was lots of dark side there, lots of, on a whole societal level. And infanticide was a big part of their society. That's just evil. Killing girls, for example. They killed a lot of girls. Um, I'm not, not going to go into all the Greek stuff right now. I don't think we need to... But, big time dark side. Now, I would like to add um, a little yoga figure on our board. Okay, we're gonna put a little yoga figure. We always start with the Yud. There's our Yud. And this time, we're going to keep that Yud going this way. I think this pin was a little better. And we're going to send another yud up there. And I didn't do a great job. Here's our yoga guy here. (laughs) And we see that the the letter tzaddik is made of a nun. You see the nun's raised his feet up. So that's a nun, feet up. And another yud over there. Okay, so it's made of two letters. And a, t- a tzaddik, which is 60. And the, and, the, and the tzaddik has his hands up like this towards heaven. Meaning, what's the right thing to do? What does it mean, tzaddik? It means to do the right thing. I mean, it also means holy man. But it also means do the right thing. So the tzaddik is interested in doing the right things. That's the job in the tzaddik, to do the right things. Yeah, you can have great ideas, you may be able to implement them. But if you want to stay out of the dark side, your ideas have to be formulated in a way that is in consonance with God's will and wisdom. It has to align itself with God's will and wisdom. And that's the tzaddik. The tzaddik is about alignment, aligning himself or herself with, with God's will and wisdom. That's the job of the tzaddik, aligning oneself to that. Now, the tzaddik, you also notice, is also firmly planted on the baseline, like totally flat on the baseline, which means that the tzaddik in Judaism is a physical character. It's a character who must be married, must be involved in the physical world. In fact, it's that the tzaddik is, the most famous tzaddik is Yosef at tzaddik. Yosef at tzaddik is... Uh, is the attribute of Yisod and Yisod is the genital region on the, on the person's body. That's, that's Yisod which means they're like really involved physically. They have to be married. They have to be cohabitating. And when you're cohabitating that means you're really in the physical world and you're channeling down into physicality which means you're going to have which brings children which means you've got to make a living which means you're going to be involved in physicality. It's the exact opposite of Gentiles who have to leave this world to connect to God they have to they have to divorce the world to connect to god but the tzaddik has has is has to be in the world to connect to god because the tzaddik's job is to be in this world with his hands up like that so the tzaddik's firmly inside the baseline inside the physicality while his hands are in heaven and so he's the most spiritual person you ever met but he's also totally in is totally in, integrated in the physical world, and this is the Jewish secret. This is what why God created the world, which is to have a dira tonim that God would give a dira. He would have a, a dwelling place in the lower realm, down below. God would have a dwelling in the lower realms. Well, there's no greater expression of physicality than the Greeks. And when you look at the word sadik, if you look at the letter sadik, which is the Which is the recognition of God and and infusing your physicality with God. And you add the word Yavan, what word does that spell? It spells the word Sion. And the word Sion means, it is the word Zion. The word Sion is the word Zion. Thank you. That's the word Zion. And the and therefore the state of Israel meaning meaning first temple second temple and now our state of Israel today which is you know we're on the way towards third temple period now that this expression of Zion is a total expression of, of physicality and spirituality and in fact Zion which is right outside this window you know exhibit exhibit a watch your card That Zion, right outside this window, was the wormhole between heaven and earth, and the Kohen Gadol who would go do that job, was the, was the, the one who would align everything, between heaven and earth, and do the Yom Kippur service in the Holy of Holies, which was the wormhole between all the worlds. So Zion is is this Zion is this ultimate connection with God and creation, which happens through the State of Israel through the. The nation of Israel, and you'll notice that the word Zion is generally future tense. Like, for example, in our prayers, Or Ta'ir, may a new light shine on Zion, future tense. Ta'ir, Yimloch Hashem He will rule the God of Zion, Eloka The word Sion is almost always showing up besides in the book of Echa. It's almost always showing up in future tense because we still haven't really gotten there yet. We're not really at Sion yet. And for those of you who wonder why the state of Israel is founded on, on by secularists, by industrialists, meaning Jews who left Judaism with the Industrial Revolution and the Enlightenment, the Haskalah, and they left Judaism. Well, they became industrialists because we're all part of the tribe. And the tribe is the tribe of Joseph. And Joseph is about going down to the pit, but we always rise out. And just like Joseph goes in the pit and rises out and in and rises and in and rises, so to the Jews, go down and we rise. And so when Jews become secular, they don't just go to sleep. They become industrialists. They go to the tops of things. And those are the people that built this state. It's just based off Joseph. And if you didn't know any oral law and you st- followed Joseph's life, you would think he was a total materialist. I mean, in the end, he winds up being this great treasurer of the riches of Egypt for seven years of plenty. This week's Parsha. And seven years of famine. And every Hanukkah we discussed this. And we're talking about Sion. When we discussed Sion, and I suggest when you do Kabbalah Shabbat on Friday, look at the words as if it's, Han- it's a story about Hanukkah. Literally read every Tehillim based on it being about Hanukkah, it'll blow you away. The whole thing's about Hanukkah. About Siam, And Joseph, who's this, who's this, if you don't know the oral law, he would just be this like, you know, he's, uh, what do you call those people, the treasure in America? There's, today it's a woman named, Jewish lady named Yellen, and before her was a guy named, uh, before, there was Bernanke, and then before him was Green Span. So it was a Jew named Greenspan running... The, literally, the whole world rests on it, what he calls the interest rate, and all the money in the world and all the riches of the world all wait for that interest rate from Greenspan's announcements. And then it moved from Greenspan to Yosef uh, Benyamin Bernanke. Or no, something else Bernanke, I forget. But he has a... Hebrew Benyamin Bernanke, I think. And then the last one now is... Uh, there's a woman named Yellen who's uh, she's now the treasurer and she's a, another Jewish woman. These are the Yosefs in America. They're good at physical stuff. And if you look at the state of Israel, the state of Israel was built by Josephs. Now there's two types of Josephs there's the sleeper cell Josephs, they're much more into ideas, implementation, but they can easily go to the dark side. And this is why the founders of Israel, you know, founded the country based on, on obviously an, a, a communal dream that we've all had, but they also based it on in a lot of dark side. You know, there was a lot of dark side involved. As much as all of us love Israel and we're all about it and we want only success and good things to happen and the army should be protected and, and they should protect. And, the, you know, we all, all of us are like, you know, I know we're all big fans. But you can be a big fan and still be honest about the fact that the founding fathers of the state of israel were were um, people with uh, you know very, very dubious worldviews, bad worldviews. like you'd be embarrassed. If you were raised in Hebrew school, you'd go strangle your Hebrew school teacher for having whitewashed the founders of Israel. we I mean, really. Stuff that would just—if I told you it, you'd—you'd would, would have the most horrible feeling, probably for the rest of the week. So I'm not even going to tell you some of the you details. Should. And you should know that should. the books that are written about that point of history were banned until recently. Couldn't even read. Them. They were banned books in Israel. That actually just—they're just history books, but they, you weren't allowed to publicize what got exposed. Real, real bad stuff. So when you see. When you see, like, for example, Satmir Hasidim or other Ashkenazim that are not so excited about the state of Israel, you can—I would—I would hold your comments because there's stuff they know that you don't know, and there, there's just stuff they know about that has has um, wounded them forever in their feelings towards the state of Israel, and it would wound you too, except you weren't. You weren't family with some of the people that, that never made it as a result of, of things. These people are direct family. They lost family members during the Holocaust and situations that were later proven to have been preventable had the leaders of Israel taken responsibility. And apparently the only answer was we don't need more peasants in this country. We're trying to build a new country. Uh, last million Hungarians perished. There was potential deals to be made. They were those deals were hidden off the desk of Ben Gurion. I'm not going to go into. Believe it or not, that's without any detail. But never judge the people who judge the state of Israel, because those people, those uh, those Hasidim, they they know stuff you don't know, and they know it in great detail, and it's their own blood relatives that suffered the 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 you know, some harsh realities. And and then when it's Yemenites who also went through some that kind of stuff, if it's Yemenites, they're also freaking out. We're, we're almost done. Now, there's sleeper cell Josephs. That's the people who build. Those are the greenspans. Those are the state of Israel, the builders of Israel, the Zionists, the secular Zionists. Those are sleeper cell Josephs. And then there's activated cell Josephs. And those are the tzaddiki, and That's you guys in this room. That's all the Jewish people who are letting God inform them of how to live inside this world. That's... Now, and what it is not, what it is not, and I, this is going to be a little controversial, what I'm about to say, is what it is not is the Haredi system. The Haredi system is tzadik. Okay? If anything, the modern orthodox are doing Siyom, because they're involved in both. And the, but the Haredi system, especially in Israel, is really just tzaddik, And the school system is just Sadic. Doesn't want to mention the dark side much, which is dangerous. And that's why you'll notice when a kid starts take, going away from Judaism, kid raised a Haredi, who starts leaving Judaism, they'll wind up in the darkest place. Within three weeks, they will wind up somewhere that a secular person would never, ever, ever, ever wind up because they have no muscles because our society doesn't build any muscles. And the the rules are external to you, meaning your red lines that you don't cross. When you grow up secular, your red lines are internal. When you grow up Haredi, your red lines are external. So if if you're no longer part of those red lines, well, you don't know where to stop. You don't have any muscles for how dark you can make your life. And so you can ruin yourself in a matter of weeks. When someone's raised in a world of tzaddik, as if there's no world out there of Yavan. But that's not Sion. Sion is when you put it all together. Now, obviously, the modern Orthodox have their own issues because they wind up often usually much more modern than Orthodox. There's more bar than mitzvah at the bar mitzvah. (laughs) So they they get they can often get swept away by the yavan. They can often get swept away by the yavan and lose sight of the tzaddik. They lose the sight of the tzaddik. Just lose that. Now let's just check out one really cool numerical thing, and then I'm going to let you all head to your lightings, your candle lightings. So here it is: um, the tzaddik equals ninety. The yud equals 10, the vav equals 6, and the nun equals 50. Okay? Now, what does that equal altogether? 156. Excellent. That equals 156, Mm -hmm. which has the same numerical value of the word. Joseph, 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 who builds the physical structure, the ground, the, the 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 physical structure, the background of redemption in Egypt. Joseph, who builds that physical structure, who's just all about the physical side of things. Is actually also called Joseph the because he, in the end, never sinned. Ultimately, ultimately, he never sinned. He was the Tzaddik. He knew his dark side. He got real close. You know, she didn't get his coat for. You know, she, when, when he ran away from Hoti wife, you know, she was holding his clothes. You know, and it doesn't mention her ripping them off of him. Okay, he came real close there. Uh, but in the last second he just had that vision of his father and he had a vision of a like and there was a voice in his head that just said like you want the Cohen gödel's breastplate to have everyone's name but yours because you do this you're not you're not gonna be on that breastplate you're not gonna be part of Jewish history and how many of us have to ask that same question if we do this stupid thing how, how is it possible that we could ruin our ruin our Part of eternity, and Joseph ran away, even without his clothes. Which must have been a little embarrassing when he got caught. Yeah. I don't think they wore underwear in those days. So, anyway, wasn't pretty. Now, the word Zion and the word Joseph are the same exact numerical value, which is one fifty-six. Which is telling us, and we always learn this on Hanukkah, because these are the this is the parsha of Hanukkah, parshas and, and this is the this is the the putting together of all of history, really. But it's also our own personal choices that we're making in our lives in how we live our lives based on our ability to think of things, our ability to implement those things, and our ability to use God to inform us how to make sure that we stay in the right side of things. That's on the micro, but on the macro, this is our history. Like, we're literally living the history. Where the state of Israel was built by a Joseph movement called Zionism. But as the Greek side of it, stop having children compared to the the Sadik, the Haredi side of it, ultimately we're coming to this awakened cell, activated cell Joseph, for redemption. Orchada shaltziyantar v'nizkei b'mehera v'nizkei b'mehera la'ayray I blew that puzzling. Orchada shaltziyantar bimhera b'mehera la'ayray Is that right? There's one more word, I'm missing that. Oh, kulan. Oh my gosh, I wrote a song like this. It goes like, Oh, God, I shall see you, Huntie. Venusque, Kulano, Oh, God, I shall see you, Huntie. Venusque, May a new light shine on Zion, and may we all together speedily merit its light. Amen.